The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you by Spirited Sea Travel. Reserve your space for spring 2020. Visit spiritedseatravel.com and mention Unity Online Radio when booking. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to the Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, all of you intentional spirits. And, um, you know, part of life's path is the acknowledging and the honoring. And I, I value all of you who tune in. Uh, you're engaged in our in our show. You also suggest uh, certain guests uh, that are leading edge or dynamic or have a path of an intentional spirit, all of those things, actually. And you um, share the show with others. And so I, I greatly appreciate you. You are the reason that the show is and continues to be such a success. And I love featuring um, tremendous people and, and light agents, change agents, uh, difference makers, as you know. And uh, our guest today is, is no different. Uh, she is a dynamo. She is creating leaders all over the world. Welcome to our show, Aurora Winter. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, it's really great to be on the show with you, Temple. I really love this show as well as congratulations. So many things you're up to. Speaking at Carnegie Hall, you got an honorary doctorate this summer, and woohoo, your film with Deepak Chopra. Wow, you're on fire, baby. Love it. Well, it's it's part of, um, you know, it's like you and I were saying, uh, you were on the show of, a while ago, which is uh, another reason that we wanted to bring you back, because everybody loves what you stand for, and what you are standing for and what you're going to talk about today is the reason that um, I feel things are happening in my life and things are happening in your life in a, in a way that's relevant to what we want to represent. And I've had it on my dream list that I wrote in nineties in the nineties that I, that I wanted to be in a film. But what my soul knew is that I wanted to be in a film that would matter. Do you know what I mean? Not like, Oh, I went on a call and I got picked to play a part uh, but, but that I'm part of something that is about recognizing suicide in our society today is the second leading cause of death with young people. So it, it has such a in, more exciting feeling at this time uh, for me. And I just love well, exactly right. what like you're you about. Focus right? on meaning. 
not mm-hmm. so meaningful. You know, one of my clients, Diane Burton, just did her TEDx talk about suicide and bullying. It's a tragic waste of, of lives, especially youth, when they take their own lives because they're literally feeling hopeless. And so I'm all about changing that so people, you know, have hope, they have meaning, they have purpose. They're like, yay, I'm alive, instead of like, oh, I'm alive. And you right, are also right. about those same those same things yeah well you you model excellence i've been watching you for a long time and i i think it's um funny because we we did recognize on the show uh those years ago that we are born on the same day and Mm -hmm. i think we were born on the same year that i'm not really clear about but um same day we're born on the same same year year. okay just different city probably because i was born in ames iowa (laughs) we just weren't born in the same city Uh, but um, what I love about our path is that you you train and or create or facilitate a process for thought leaders to come into their own and I have created and in the process of creating a a university institution if you will that uh, brings forth new thought leaders so you know there you go <laughs> there you go there's something about the birthday we're very aligned yeah my most recent book is called thought leader launch my sixth book congratulations yeah so thought leader launch seven ways to make seven figures with your million dollar message is the subtitle and what i am really passionate about is meaning in spite of the fact of the subtitle having to do about money because people need to monetize their vision so that they continue to make a difference. Otherwise, they'll stop and go back to work at Starbucks or something like that. But the, the myth that I really want to bust here today, and it ties in with your film with Deepak Chopra, The Offering and, and Suicide, is that there's a common myth that tragedy makes victims. But the truth is tragedy makes leaders. And so mm-hmm. it's not life circumstances that create either a victim or a hero. It's not life circumstances that create hopelessness or hopefulness. It's about the people that you have around you, the support that you get, the meaning that you make from it, whether you're connected to spirit or God. And so, you know, my background is as a film and television writer, producer, and I see everybody's journey is the hero's journey. In our society, we feel like we've failed when we're confronted with problems. But actually, people are problem solvers. We love to solve problems. That's what we do best. If there were no problems to solve, we'd all be fat and lazy on the beach and we'd be bored very quickly. But the difference between hopelessness and potentially taking one's own life and instead stepping up is do we face those problems? So a hero has challenges has struggled, has even moments of hopelessness or days of hopelessness, but nonetheless, the hero digs deep, faces those problems, overcomes them, and then turns around to help others. Whereas a victim looks away from problems, is defeated, and needs help from others. So it's not the situation, it's the action that creates the difference between us stepping into a hero's journey or being defeated by the challenges that everybody faces, death, divorce, illness, bankruptcy, setbacks. It's part 
of life and where we have hope is how do we respond from these things, you know, as you know. And I want that people listen to this uh, radio show, listen to this particular episode, will come away with some concrete things they can do to help themselves feel better and shift into that hero's journey rather than feeling uh, down from whatever challenges they may be facing. I love um, I love how you have uh, framed that and how you have uh, defined it. I, I often say there's a big difference between being born and being created. You know, being born, you, you're in a culture, you live in a certain town, and, you know, you have uh, this environment that you're in. But being created comes from those challenges that come your way, those situations and circumstances that you don't know at the moment how you're going to move through. But that's what really creates that level of, of greatness. And, and and with you being in another life and even currently in film and television and exposed to those kind of things, you also know, like I do, of all the people that you've met um, it, it's not like, oh, uh, they never had a problem in their life and they came from old money and all they did was walk on a TV set and say, here I am. I, I'm, I can be recognized now and I, I can be a spokesperson now. Every one of them usually has a story of how they went from tragedy to triumph, which gave them the courage to step out there in the first place. Exactly right. In fact, I think dealing with adversity is one of the components, a cornerstone of being a leader. You know, there was a recent article published in the New York Times, and it was by Paul Tuff. The title is caught my attention. The title of the New York Times article was, Is Failure the Key to Success? And so often in our society, we feel like we're failures when we fail, but actually that makes us strong. It makes us resilient. It makes us dig deep. And every leader that I've tracked down their biography have faced major challenges. And what I would love the listeners to come away from it, come away from this from is stumbling over my words because I'm like so excited to share this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> is, is, is that leadership is not in spite of your challenges. It's because of your challenges. That's what makes the hero's journey. There would be no hero if there was no challenge, or if there was no dragon to, to slay, you know, if the hobbits just stayed home in their hobbitsies having second breakfasts, that would not make a hero. So I really want to share, you know, three keys to leadership that everybody on this call can do right away today that are easy. And just, you know, to give the, the, the audience, you know my story, Temple, but to give a little bit of a flavor of it, you know, my life, like everybody else, has its moments of adversity. And uh, I thought I was living a pretty charmed life. My husband and I had started a business that grew to a multi-million dollar business. We had a beautiful, healthy four-year-old son. I had just been hired and paid real money for the first time to write a script. I'd met Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn and John Badham, who directed the movie Stakeout. So I was on a real high. And then my 33-year-old husband dropped dead right in front of me. And mm. I struggled. I was devastated. I felt that God had abandoned me. I felt that I must be a bad person to deserve this. I had many dark nights of the soul, like, why did this happen? How come my son doesn't have a father? You know, I read every self-help book I could get my hands on. I went to church. I went to church grief recovery groups. 
but it wasn't really until I stepped into leadership that my life changed. And first I stepped into leadership just for my son because he needed me. He needed me to be strong. He needed me to, you know, make the best of this situation and not look at the past with regret, but instead look forward to the future and make something out of it. And that completely changed my life. And then later on, you know, that leadership got bigger and broader. I launched the Grief Coach Academy, which helps train people how to help themselves and others through grief. And now I launch thought leaders, help them write books, get on media, get on radio and TV. But that turning point was choosing to be a leader instead of, you know, succumbing to the natural magnetism of being a victim. And once I stepped into owning the leadership in spite of the challenge, it really changed my life. And I found meaning. I found purpose. After a little while, I found joy and happiness. But you can find meaning and purpose much more quickly, in my experience, than you can immediately go for, for joy and happiness. But once you've got meaning, you're away to the races because that is the hero's journey, making a difference for others and for yourself and for your family. That's the hero's journey. And so, you know, that really completely turned my life around. And what I'd love people to know, you know, we think that death only happens to other people. And in North America, I think we're insane because we behave as though it's not going to happen or it's an accident if it happens or a tragedy. Newsflash, you are going to die. I am going to die. Everybody is going to die. But the thing is, you know, death is not meaningless. Death is meaningful because an awareness of the fact that we're mortal makes us live full out, inspires us to live full out, inspires us to make something of our life while we have breath and to make a meaningful difference and to leave a legacy and to write those books and to do those TED Talks and to launch movements. So death is actually meaningful and it's not sent to make us small. It's meant to, to invite us to be leaders. How does that land with you, Temple? I spot on. Just absolutely uh, spot on. I um, I think of that statement that uh, Gary Busey, Busey said when he had a near-death experience on a, on a motorcycle. Uh, the question of life isn't whether we will live or die or the secret of life. Isn't that it's the parts of ourselves that we allow to die while we're living. And um, you are a strong advocate for, you know, inner power comes from uh, walking through inner things. And I have, I can't resonate uh, with society, though I did it. You know, I used to drown and I mean, I stayed high. Um, I soon will be sober 32 years. Um, but that being said, in the early days, I was trained uh, or programmed like so many people that you only hold on to like the fun feelings, you know, and those are the ones that you're free to share about and talk about and, and those kind of things. But if you really believe in creation and you believe in um, that there's a higher power, we wouldn't have been created with the feelings for us not to have them. And I love that exactly the, right. yeah. the depth of the work that you you uh, support someone to grow out of themselves is because uh, it's about doing that deeper work. It's not a quick fix. It's not a, oh, in an hour, it'll all be a, gone away. It's a commitment to know that on the other side of it. And I think that was powerful for me was learning how to create a template in my mind 
that said, I don't know all the ways that I'm going to overcome this, but I know when I'm on the other side, I'm going to be more, not less than I am now. And, and we are, as you said, in a part of a society that somehow creates this level of feel, feeling indebted and victimhood because it sells a lot of products and it, it creates people to be controlled. But the real mastery of life is an individual that that is willing to continue to grow. And based on your own pain and experience, um, I think that it probably puts you in a position that you can see where where others people uh, others other people are stopping. And even though they're yeah. not conscious of it, you can see things that your average person can't see. And finally, to add to that, as far as uh, like you, I just get excited when we're talking. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's like I tell people here: if you go to a therapist and you begin to cry and they stop you, or they almost knock you down, giving you a Kleenex, you may reassess that situation. When you are working exactly. with somebody, you want to work with somebody that is comfortable with their pain and calls it a friend, because that's what it the is. The only way out is through, as Robert Frost mm-hmm. said. And mm-hmm. Mr. Frankel, you know, who wrote the book Man's Search oh, yeah. for Meaning, he really touched me when he wrote, if there's meaning in life at all, there must be meaning in suffering. And mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I also resonate with what you just said, Temple. In our society, we make suffering wrong. And we're only allowed to have those happy, joyful feelings and skipping mm-hmm. along, you know, in the, in the tulips. But that's not life. If you erase the bottom you also erase the top and you just get into this dull bed zone life is a roller coaster but the contrast helps us see where what we need to do and and how to lead and gives us depth of empathy and compassion that we wouldn't have other way otherwise so you know i'm really passionate about my work at the grief coach academy because i see that there's really three steps that everybody can take to step into leadership But the first step is to release any heartbreak, trauma, stress, setback, sense of failure that is keeping you stuck or keeping you playing a small, small game or smaller game. And that's what we do at the Grief Coach Academy. I train coaches how to help themselves and other people. And it's not just coaches, ministers, compassionate people, therapists, you know, take the training. So that's step number one of three on your leadership journey. The second step I'm super excited about too, and uh, it's to really create your own massively transformative purpose. And I can explain how to do that in a free resource that everybody can get so they can they can do it hopefully today. And then let me know because I want to hear your massively transformative purpose. So that's the second step is really to decide what you stand for. What is your life going to stand for? And again, the fact that you know that you're mortal helps you claim, I think, a bigger, bolder, more magnificent, massively transformative purpose. And then the third step is really to, now that you've stepped into leadership, now that you have a massively transformative purpose, broadcast your message so that you can help as many people as possible and do it like you do. Temple, you know, on radio, you've got your documentary, you're speaking at Carnegie Hall, you've got your books, you know, that those are tools of a thought leader. And I'm listening, even today, I'm listening to, uh, on YouTube, I'm listening to the voice of Wayne Dyer, who was one of my mentors and endorsed my book. 
And his legacy lives on, even though he's passed, because he has captured his message, or Louise Hay as well. And, and we can all do that today. So those are the three steps from really from being stuck and small to being big and magnificent is one, release your grief or anything keeping you, any limiting beliefs keeping you small. Two, create a massively transformative purpose. And three, step into launching as a thought leader so that you can broadcast your message and make a meaningful difference, hopefully to millions. And those are amazing tools. And with everyone tuning in and like me taking notes, you want to go to aurorawinter.com, A-U-R-O-R-A, winter.com, Aurora Winter. You want to touch in, know what she's about, and get connected. You know, as you were talking, um, it, this is something that we've heard many times in many different ways, but it, it just came to me to propose the question to the audience, either the ones listening live or the ones that are listening uh, later on. Do you feel owned by something? Mm. And so, and so in other words, do you feel owned by the drugstore because you resist the fact that you have to keep buying some kind of product to fix uh, or band-aid a, a wound or a pain? Do you feel owned by someone? Uh, you're in a relationship and you don't fully speak what you really meant, you know, that your life is edited. Are you owned by family? That you're one way with one group of people and when you're with your family, you're with another. Uh, are you owned by a job you don't want to be in? You know, that you're just enslaved to an idea that, well, I've got to go because what would I do otherwise and yada, yada. Are you owned by evangelism that has taught you, sadly, uh, that God doesn't give you any more than you can handle? And so you're embarrassed to admit that you are at your rope. Um, if you're answering yes to any of these or all of these um, there is a part of you that you're not owning mm. because or it, right by the past. Like right. So many people right? are stuck in the mm -hmm. past and, you know, newsflash, no matter how much you want to change the past, it's done. It's not going to change. So are you owned by the past? And that's preventing you from you know, living right here, right now in the present and moving forward. So, yeah. And I think a way to escape, feeling owned by all of those things that you mentioned that trap people temple is really to work on their massively transformative purpose. And as you said, if people go to my website, there's a blog that walks you through how to do it. So if you don't take notes fast enough, you can read about it. So you go to aurorawinter.com and you can read the blog post about your massively transformative purpose. And there's just three things to do to create your massively transformative purpose. But just to frame it, I want to tell the story about a person who's really inspired me and millions of other people, which is Buckminster Fuller. Mm. So as you perhaps know the story, uh, Temple, but Buckminster Fuller, he studied engineering, but he didn't get a degree. In fact, he was kicked out of Harvard. And then he worked at a job, but he was a failure as an employee. Then he borrowed money from friends and family, and he started a business, but the business failed. And he was not able to pay back his friends and family. And he was out of money. And then, as if that wasn't bad enough, his baby daughter died. So he mm -hmm. felt like a worthless human being. He had no money. 
He had no track record of success. He had already, you know, depleted his friends and family and his daughter died. So he was going to take his own life. And as he was about to drown himself, he heard a voice say, you do not have to, the right to take your life because your life does not belong to you. And that just brought him up short and he made a vow and his vow that he would never again use his life just for himself and that he devoted the rest of his life to the universe and to humanity and to see what one person without a degree, without a track record of success, without any money could possibly do to, to make a difference to the world. And he succeeded like beyond anybody's expectations. I think it was pretty crazy what he did. Uh, you know, he invented the geodesic stone because he was really determined to create low cost housing for people. He gave that away for free to many uh, applications, but he licensed it to corporations and made royalties of millions of dollars, which he returned back into doing good works because he's like, that's how nature works. That's how the universe works. It's all about flow. It's all about currency. You talk about flow and, and some of your talks temple that's really important and so he went on to write dozens of books he gave a hundred lectures a year right up until he was 88 and in fact he gave a lecture two weeks before he died which is pretty amazing and one of the things Buckminster Fuller said he said the most special thing about me is that I am an average man I say that as a challenge to any limitation you may have accepted in your life you know, and another thing that he said, Buckminster Fuller said, is we are called to be the architects of the future, not its victims. The challenge is to make the world work for 100% of humanity in the shortest possible time with spontaneous cooperation and without ecological damage or disadvantage to anyone. So he really inspires me, and I hope that frames the value of doing a massively transformative purpose for yourself and your own life and also helps to eliminate any of those yabbits that we all have. So he's, he's really great. And I, I don't know if I have time to share the three steps to building a massively transformative purpose, or if you want to share something instead, uh, Temple. No, I, I definitely want you to share. I think it will be, um, we'll, we'll jump right into that right when we come back from, from our break. I want to thank all of you tuning in. Um, we love having you, and I know you're as stimulated with this conversation as I am. I love everything that Aurora stands for. Uh, she creates leaders all over the world. She is a powerhouse. She's a world traveler. Uh, she's someone to get engaged and involved with. Thank all of you for tuning in to our show. Go to templehays.com or firstunity.org, and we love having you with us. This means a lot, and we'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and um, we appreciate um, being sponsored by SpiritAtSeaTravel.com. Please go to the website and pick the cruise going with Unity of Houston. I'll be there. Um, We have great uh, tools and ideas that we're going to share with you. You don't want to miss it. Go to SpiritAtSeaTravel.com and tell them Unity Online Radio sent you. We're talking today with a uh, powerhouse and Aurora Winter is her name, and she creates thought leaders and provides tools and information for people all over the world to tune in and step into their their true self is what it's all about when you're a leader is stepping into your true self. Aurora, you were, I love the story you told about Minister Fuller. That was very powerful. And what a message for people, huh? What a message for people, because my goodness, talk about challenge. I mean, wow, I mean, to go bankrupt, to have borrowed money from your friends and family, to be, you know, wiped out financially, not have a degree, and then your daughter dies, but then, you know, you realize that your life doesn't belong to yourself and you devote the rest of your life to helping humanity, so that really inspires me. In fact, you know, I, I, I teared up when I, when I read a story or when I tell it out loud. Okay, so want to give the, the audience um, something they can use right away. And again, if they go to my website, aurorawinter.com, there's a blog on how to do this exactly, but I can give you the overview. And it's how to create your own massively transformative purpose. It's just three steps, and you can do it right now. Um, I want to acknowledge uh, another amazing author and mentor, Stephen Cutler, who is the author of a number of New York Times bestselling books and also the author of The Habit of Ferocity. And his work with flow and neuroscience also helped inform how to make your massively transformative purpose. So I want to give a shout out to him. Okay, so to help you connect with the whispers in your soul, you want to really, uh, you know, what I do, the training I do, the thought leader training is we look deeply into your own story because there's gold and then there are hills. So we want to mine the gold of your own personal story, your own experiences, all the trauma and drama, the setbacks, the turning points, these inform and provide the energy and juice and the gold that you will use you know, to write your book, do your TED Talk, be on media, etc. I don't have time to go into that right now, but I want you to have the flavor that this is not a cookie cutter, everybody gets the same one. No, this is unique to you. So connect with your story and then um, your story, your history, your life, and then write down a, a list of maybe uh, 24 things, a couple of 20, 24 things that, things that you're curious about. So just, you know, brain dump. What are you curious about? What are you interested in? What, you know, what kind of books do you read when you have a little bit of time? What kind of, you know, YouTube videos or TED Talks do you watch? So what are you curious about? So write down two dozen things you're curious about. Then write down about a you know, 10 or a dozen problems that you would like to solve. The bigger the problem, the better. So ideally, you're looking for problems, world problems, countrywide problems, but it could also be problems in your your community, in your church, in your state, in your family. So look for problems that you'd like to solve. So that's step one. So things you're curious about and problems you'd like to solve. Then step two is look for areas of overlap. So where are your areas of 
curiosity and interest overlapped with the problems that you would like to solve. Because that intersecting set is where the gold is, or the bullseye potentially can be, to create a massively transformative purpose that you will be energized and enthusiastic and interested in doing. It won't be a, I have to do this. It'll be like, I get to do this kind of a thing. And of course, if you're solving problems, like entrepreneurs solve problems at a profit. If you're solving problems, you're creating value. And so most likely it will be easy or easier to monetize. Now, it's going to be meaningful for sure, and it may or may not be a business, it might be a charity, it might be philanthropy, but you will have a lot of meaning that will pull you forward when you do step two and you create this overlapping um, uh, group of things that you're curious about that relate to problems that you'll want to solve. When I did this, I'm like, wow, 90% of my list all has to do with communication. You know, I want to say to be a stand-up comic. Uh, you know, want to you know help people get on TED Talks, on radio, on TV. I've written six books. My most recent book is Thought Leader Launch. I'm obsessed with communication, so it was very interesting. So then, problems you want to solve. So then, the third step is to create your own massively transformative purpose. So I'll read you uh, Buckminster Fuller's as an example. And I invite you just to hold this lightly, but you know, you know, it's just this is important. This is your north star. This will really matter. This makes you unstoppable. So it's worth spending a couple of days or a couple of weeks considering it and rewriting it. So in my experience, your massively transformative purpose is your fuel. It's your magnet. It's your north star. It will make you unstoppable. It will make you compelling, and it will draw support to you from unexpected quarters. And your clear intention is the firm foundation upon which everything else is built. And as we know, as Temple knows, like when you are clear, God supports you, the universe supports you, people support you as well. So the question you're answering with your massively transformative purpose is if the success or failure of our planet and all life upon it depended upon your actions, what would you do? So we're not looking for a trivial answer. So Buckminster Fuller, here's what he vowed to do. Um, this was after he didn't take his own life. So I vowed to keep myself alive, but only if I would never again use me just for me. Each one of us is born of two, and we really belong to each other. I vowed to do my own thinking instead of trying to accommodate everyone else's opinions, credos, and theories. I vowed to apply my own inventory of experiences to solve the problems that affect everyone on planet Earth. And this is what I'm offering for you to consider. How can you use your inventory of experiences and interests to solve problems, right? So then he also said another interesting thing, which I'll just share with you, and then I'll read you my own massively transformative purpose. And again, you can go to aurorawinter.com and you can get the details about this or go to my LinkedIn page. It's also got the thing. Uh, so Buckminster Fuller's um, headstone says, call me trim tab. Like, what the heck is a trim tab? So here's what Bucky said about that. On the edge of a large ship's rudder is a miniature rudder called a trim tab. 
Moving that trim tab builds a low pressure which turns the rudder that steers the giant ship with almost no effort. In society, one individual can be a trim tab, making a major difference in changing the course of the gigantic ship of state. So I said, call me trim tab. So that's his, and boy, did he ever succeed having, you know, 100 talks a year, dozens of books, really influenced and inspired people, and has left a legacy inspiring me, and I'm talking to you about him today. So here is my massively transformative purpose. I modify it now and again, day to day. So mine is to launch thought leaders who serve as independent leaders or trim tabs in their own field of expertise and enthusiasm with the overall result that we collectively raise the consciousness, playfulness, and prosperity of every life we touch, blessing humanity and Mother Earth. I'm an alchemist who helps the architect of a better future transmute the heavy lead of setbacks, trauma, and grief into the gold of wisdom, compassion, and enlightenment. And so then once you've got your massively transformative purpose, like I get chills just reading my own because that gets you jumping out of bed in the morning. That gives you fuel to continue forth. And it will, it will happen when you continue to focus on it and take action each day working on it. And you'll get support from unexpected sources. So, and that's really how I, um, how I see my work at the Grief Coach Academy is first to help people alchemize that heavy lead of grief or trauma or setbacks and alchemize that into the wisdom of wisdom, compassion, enlightenment, empathy, and then to invite people once they've transmuted what's keeping them stuck or small or in grief to step into a leadership role. And I think we are all leaders. We're either leaders by default or by design, and I'm all for design. And again, you can get my, my most recent book, Thought Leader Launch, Seven Ways to Make Seven Figures with Your Million Dollar Message. You can get it absolutely for free. It's my gift to you. You just cover shipping and handling, which is like just four bucks. And that's online at thoughtleaderlaunch.com. Or you can get it on Amazon. I've written uh, a number of books, another book that's really great if you're suffering with grief right now and you're not ready to be a thought leader just at the moment, I would recommend my book called Grief Relief in 30 Minutes. And you can get Grief Relief in 30 Minutes on Amazon or wherever you like to buy your, wherever you like to buy your books. So um, how does that land with you, Temple? Do you have a massively transformative purpose handy to share with us? <laughs> I'm just listening to you, you and I um, and I what I what I enjoy so much about uh, connecting with you is that um, you walk your talk and uh, it's been beautiful watching your talk affect your walk through the years um, <laughs> especially with uh, the grief at one time that you were carrying with um, your losses and well, you have uh, transformed all of it to just being such a tremendous difference maker. One of the things I wanted to um, to ask for my own clarity, because, you know, things are always changing. Um, I mean, for years, I invested uh, a lot of energy and time into building a spiritual educational campus 
uh, in the physical sense, which we still have, but now it soon will be an institute that's online, and I'm very excited to share it with you, uh, Aurora, and also to have you as part of faculty. That's a whole different show some other time. But when you talk about the Grief Academy, um, I was curious, is that a physical location that someone comes to? Is it offered as a retreat on occasion or uh, is it an online uh, method? So I, I was curious because, you know, obviously I meet a lot of people, too, that are wanting the next step. So I wanted to know what to say. Well, thanks for asking about that, Temple. People can get the details about that at griefcoachacademy.com. So the Grief Coach Academy training, as well as the Thought Leader training, it's a combination of in-person and online. So okay. we have, it's, it's starting in October. Both trainings are starting in October, not the same day. Um, and if people mention that they heard me on, uh, on your radio show and they just give the name Temple Hayes, then I'll give them $500 off if uh, they'd like to do you know, one of these two trainings. So the Grief Coach Academy training is, is 12 weeks. And it's a combination, as I said, of Zoom, uh, live Zoom calls with a small group where I do the training. And then there's another smaller group where they practice the coaching process that I taught that week. We do that for 12 weeks. We skip over the holidays. And so that wraps up at the end of January. And then we have an event in Mexico at San Miguel de Allende, which I'm super excited to go to because it's supposed to be one of the top cities to see in the world. Just amazing. And uh, so that's how that works. And people can find out about it at griefcoachacademy.com. And then the, that process works really well because people get everything. They get videos, audios, et cetera, online 24-7. They can take a deep dive into. And then they get usually two calls each week to support them. We have a, a private Facebook group so people post their success actions. And then we have a, an event to go deep and connect and have fun. Um, and the thought leader training works in a similar way. People get one-on-one -on -one coaching, small group training. Um, there actually is a thought leader event September 25, 26, 27 in Mountain View, California, where I'm helping people really, you know, um, leverage their message, which I love to invite people to write books. I'm an author. I'm big on books, and I think everybody's got a book on them, in them. That's what Richard Branson says as well. Everyone should write a book, Richard Branson said. So yes, September 25, 26, 27 in Mountain View, California, we've got a VIP event for the thought leaders, and it's all about how to use your book to build your business and your brand, and it's how to step into the spotlight as a speaker, because I really want people to have that experience. And I studied neuroscience when I took my MBA in 2015, and to rewire your brain, you need to do it. So I have my clients stand at the front of the room, hold the mic, stand in the light, and, you know, give their, their talks. And as a, as a result, you know, my clients have done TED Talks and TEDx Talks and been on TV and stuff like that because they've practiced. So they get good and they get asked back <laughs> again. And that's the again. only way to get good is through practice. There's no other way. You, exactly. you can't purchase it. You can't drink it. You can't take it. You just need to step out there and... Um, and do it, that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. If people want to know more about that, then they can just, uh, you know, get a get a complimentary call with myself or with somebody on our team, and they can go to bookcall.biz, or you can find that on aurorawinter.com. You can see what to do, and then we can uh, see if it's the right fit and, and help them. 
Yeah, it's transfer. It's amazing how much you know people can really achieve with the thought leader training. Um, almost everybody ends up writing a book. Some people come to me when they already have their manuscript and they're glad because they're like missed a number of things that first-time authors almost always miss, which is how to you know turn your book into a lead magnet. So it's not just about a book; it's about your thought leadership. And um, so I love helping people, you know, turn their book into a more powerful uh, branding and and uh, magnet for whatever they're up to. And yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Oh, I love this quote from Anne Lamott. I wanted to share this for the for people. I love are... her, Anne Lamott. I love oh, her. she She's is amazing. phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Although sometimes I get green with envy when I read her stuff. I'm like, oh, I wish I'd written that. <laughs> but I love her. So she wrote, "You're going to feel like hell if you wake up someday and you never wrote the stuff that is tugging on the sleeves of your heart, your stories." memories, visions, and songs, your truth, your version of things in your own voice. That's really all you have to offer us. And that's also why you were born. I love that. I think that it is a delight and also a responsibility to capture your story. And for people who aren't writers, I interview them and then my team and I take the audios and turn that into a book. My mother passed recently, and I was so grateful that I'd already interviewed her, and I have all of her stories in her own words with all the details that I would, you know, I would forget if I hadn't captured it on audio, and now I can turn it into a book. Oh, and to give a shout-out for my mom, a little quote for my mom, she loved to say, Dorothy Lawton is her name, beware the comfort zone. There's no growth there. Oh, so I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, we we yeah. say often in, in our uh, teachings that um, we offer comfort to the afflicted and we afflict the comfortable. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you, I like you live on that, those thin branches, as, as do I, that um, uh, comfortable isn't where things are happening. So we, we honor oh. your mom, uh, Dorothy, for that languaging and... Uh, you didn't fall too far from the tree now, did you? <laughs> well, it's, I'm amazed by how many people are all excited about retirement. Most people, like, hello, retirement. I don't is understand that. Death. That's not a concept. Uh, that's not a concept what? I really understand. I I think that's like, um, uh, like I was talking about uh, last week, uh, the idea of an SAT score. I, I think it's, uh, you know, it may be needed, but um, in my whole adult life, nobody's ever asked me what was my SAT score. <laughs> yeah, like really, who cares you know, already? Never. And as we're has living, anybody asked longer. me. But yet, so much is is ruled by it, and children are owned yeah. by it, and stress is the dynamic of it, and it makes absolutely no sense to me at all when the SAT ought to be soul activating truth and that's individuated you know ah. between all of us but you're you're oh, so right if truth. someone would just that's stop and think what does that mean what does retire mean i mean that was something that they created what in the early 1900s for like a, a door at the time where even life expectancy yeah. wasn't what it is now i don't get that i yeah. have no so thoughts of that mean. whatsoever <laughs> And, and if you have, or when you have your massively transformative purpose, you're going to be on fire to do that. You know, we get 
bored with retiring. That's, that's, that'll make you live longer, too, if you're doing something that you're fully engaged and that's meaningful. So um, I want to give you one more, one more quote that's in my book, Thought Leader Launch, which is from Jordan Peterson, who is a University of Toronto uh, professor and clinical psychologist. He's very articulate. He says, if you can read and think and communicate, you're absolutely 100% unstoppable. There's nothing more economically valuable than teaching people how to communicate. That inspires me because that aligns with my own massively transformative purpose and probably with yours too, Ms. Speaking at Carnegie Hall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like you tell your thought leaders, uh, as far as speaking, there is that saying, right? Ought to get you to Carnegie Hall, practice, practice, practice. And that, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. So uh, I was afraid that was going to happen. But uh, sorry, I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't even there hear anything. So we're, we're good. Oh, okay. Um, but we've got a, um, a, a, a couple of um, uh, charges, if you will, to our, to our listeners, uh, be sure and go to Aurora winter, uh, com. You also can get a free copy of the book by going to thought leader launch and that's.com right. Aurora. That's right. That's dot com. Mm-hmm. You get a free copy of, of the book, which sounds amazingly powerful. And, you know, we, we always just call these, we don't call them expenses. We call them investments. And the best investment one can ever make and as an intentional spirit is the investment you make within yourself and, um, and putting mm-hmm. that energy into it, into something that's not only, um, a change, but a permanent change. I mean, that's what I love mm. about the magic of change is that once you're there, there's no turning back. It's, it's a forward movement right. all the, all the time and, and very exciting. We have a couple of more minutes. Is there uh, something that's well, on your heart that on you want to share? To share is that while, Books are amazing because for, you know, a normal book, $20, you can get a decade of a person's expertise and life experience and wisdom. The thing that many people don't know is how valuable and transformative and cathartic and clarifying it is to write a book. So I really encourage everyone to write that book. If you'd like help with that, you know, join our thought leader training. Just mention you heard me on Temple Hayes and you'll get $500 off if you'd like to explore that. But whether you do that with me or you just start this afternoon, you know, writing a book is a really valuable way for you to get the gold that's in your own life experiences that maybe you haven't fully taken on board. So just love to invite, you know, people to do that. And, you know, I did put a lot of love and thought into this Thought Leader Launch book, which explains how to write a book quickly and easily, and also how to get over this idea that you have to wrangle all the words. There's seven different examples of of different ways that amazing people have monetized their books, but most people don't know that people like, you know, Sir Winston Churchill or Arianna Huffington or Tim Ferriss or Sir Richard Branson, they didn't write every word of their book. They didn't dot every I and cross every P. They generally were interviewed or interviewed people, and then they transcribed those audios and, or had somebody else transcribe them. Then they delegated it, and somebody else turned it into a book. So 
if you'd like help with that, we can, we can also help you with that because your story matters too much for you to get blocked. Most first-time authors spend years writing a book and then often never, never complete it. So don't let that happen to you. <laughs> and to find out more about you know, how to write your book quickly and easily, just grab my most recent book, Thought Leader Launch, Seven Ways to Make Seven Figures with Your Million Dollar Message at thoughtleaderlaunch.com or on Amazon. You have such amazing energy, and um, that would make a good show for us to do, how you and I are thriving with energy at this phase Mm. in our uh, evolution, and it has nothing to do with AIDS, so I'm not going there. But I I love having you on the show. I love what you're about, and let's don't wait so long before we do the next one. Um, Also, those of you that are tuning in, just uh, thank you so much for all that you do to participate and connect. Uh, please go to spiritatseatravel.com and go on a cruise with us. We've had a cruise with Unity Worldwide Headquarters in the past with Science of Mind magazine. Um, we just have an amazing time. It's a group of people, you know, for a week that listen to speakers and sharing and thoughts. And it's extremely transformative. And we leave what we want to leave out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, please go on uh, firstunity.org and tune in to our YouTube, our Facebook Live, and all the messages that we give. You don't have to just rely upon just the radio show. We have several other ways in which you can be connected and which we can stay in touch and uh, continue to learn together because to me that's the greatest value in leadership is that I, uh, like you, remain a student And I bet that's a strong Mm. value that Aurora has as well. Go to Aurora.com and know more and learn more about her. And again, Aurora, thank you. It's uh, it's my pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you in person along the way here real soon. Sounds good, Temple. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.